The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Show. I am your voice ridden because of the Topeka Tropics host Sam Long joined by my co-host Gavin and only Gavin because Beans is dead at work currently with baseball and softball. I'm I more concerned about Beans' commitment to his team at this point. That's uh, We're here to cover a dynasty draft and where is Beans? Not here supporting his team. Not defending here. I think Beans missed this podcast on purpose because he was ashamed of himself after what he's brought to the table. So uh, I would be missing if I was beans. I'm just saying. Yes. As promised to the league two weeks ago, we completed our third rookie draft, I believe in league history for the league of ordinary gentlemen. So exciting times. And we're not rushing this intro because one of us forgot to hit record during our first take. Not at all. No one has ever done that whatsoever. So, um, rushing through the top three picks that we may or may not have already talked about, um, it is Bajin Robinson to Sam, uh, Jameer Gibbs to Gavin, and Jackson Smith and Jigba to Travis. Now, before I caught myself, Gavin, you had a hard decision with between Jameer Gibbs and Jackson Smith and Jigba. What would have propelled you to take JSN? over Jameer Gibbs because I know that you had a big JSN crush. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, I don't even like to think of it as a crush. I think of it more to just think of um, he's the objectively better football player in every way and helps an NFL team more and is the better draft pick and Detroit's full of a fucking idiots. But if you disregard all of that, um, then we come into fake football where we uh, enjoy volume, where we enjoy a team that puts – number 12 draft capital into Jameer Gibbs. Now, in all, re- in all reality, uh, I actually had picks two and three entering the offseason. Uh, felt compelled enough on Jackson Smith and Jigba that I would trade away pick three, knowing I could take him at two, and then uh, then having to take Jameer Gibbs at pick three. two. And, what? I traded for pick three. Yes, he did. Yes, he did and from I me. I probably said way too much. Yes, he did. I did. But back and then traded it. (laughs) I net neutraled it. He did. Maybe. This is correct. He's um we lose pick three so we can take Jackson Smith and Jigba at two, and then Detroit does the unthinkable. Um what one of my favorite things listening to other fantasy podcasts and uh talk about Jameer Gibbs now is now Jameer Gibbs is this incredible talent. He's this incredible player, he's gonna get all this volume. He's safe. This like and one of the best prospects since, you know, now he's that way, that he has draft capital. Now he's talented. Now he's a good player, which just Correct. kind of goes into my entire problem with fantasy football and drafting the running back position where it is where you go, 
the draft capital that you get and nothing else really matters outside of that other than opportunity. Um, talent doesn't matter and nothing like that matters. And Jameer Gibbs has the only two things that matter. So at the end of the day, that props him up to the RB6 and Dynasty Fantasy Football. We're proud to have him as a member of Broken But Whole. Um, sad to not have Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, but ultimately, we add a top six running back. Sam actually caps off his multi-year rebuild and is now into the realm of competition with Bajin Robinson. And I guess uh, there's two ways to look at Travis ending up with Jackson Smith and Jigba um, to where I think he's the most talented player left in the draft by a wide margin. He adds an incredible player, probably not in a spot uber conducive to early fantasy production. Um, but I do feel as though these top three, and it's a reason that we divided into the first three picks, is these three and then a gap to the rest of the draft. And there's gaps there on, and I mean, there's tiers within this tier as well. But the point is, if you had a top three pick this year, you were very happy, and it kind of gets less happy to gross very quickly. Yeah, so I actually uh, traded the third pick to Travis for the fourth pick and some other stuff. It was awesome because I didn't want JSN even pre-draft. Um, if it seems like we, you know, kind of buzzed the top three, that's just because a, we didn't record. And when we did talk about them and B, because the top three really just isn't that interesting. Like you said, it's Robinson. And then kind of whether or not you want to go to the running back well or the wide receiver. Well, yep. Yes, Gavin. I, uh, so as we get into your pick here with Jordan Addison, um, I knew Jordan Addison going into the draft was one of your guys, has been your guys forever. Um, but I came in as a staunch Jackson Smith and Jigba supporter. Obviously, I say that, and it wasn't enough to take him over to Mir Gibbs. But regardless, uh, I thought there was a pretty sizable gap between him and Jordan Addison. What, I guess, about Jordan Addison and Jackson Smith and Jigba led you to feel comfortable trading back, acquiring the extra capital, and still taking the guy you wanted all along? So, in a truth-be-told moment, Jackson Smith and Jigba was my wide receiver one, right? Yeah. I, it wasn't by, like, some leaps and bounds deal, but, like, he definitely was, like, certified wide receiver one. And I thought that Jordan Addison was certified wide receiver two. And when I, at the time of making said trade, um, it was pre-draft. So the common notion was Jin's going one, Jackson's with the jig was going two to you. And then I had picked three and I wanted Jordan Addison over Jameer Gibbs. Now, granted, I wish I could have. I don't know in what way this would have happened because I think once Gibbs went 12, there was no way he was going to go third. Yeah. Um, I I would have rather had Jordan Addison over Jameer Gibbs pre-draft. Um, they're both small, so one of them plays a position that gets hurt less often. Um, I, I think Gibbs is good. I To me... I think Addison gets knocked a ton because it's like, oh, well, he went to go play for with Caleb Williams and he digressed production wise. And it's like, well, sure, he also was hurt. Like, yeah, I again, I, I see the pit season or whatever. And it's like, OK, like this guy can fucking play like 
this guy is a good, like this guy's a solid athlete. He's not anything crazy, but he just feels very much like a guy that won't bust. If that makes sense. Yeah, he feels I like agree. a guy who probably is going to be somewhere between wide receiver 20 and like 35 for his whole career, which for where my team is, my team has a lot of guys like that. And basically, I've just been stacking a lot of guys like that, hoping that some of them will break out. But if they don't, I'm basically starting wide receiver twos everywhere. So not having an elite wide receiver one kind of hurts. But if every wide, but if you're wide receiver three and your wide receiver four are wide receiver twos, and you're always playing wide receiver twos and three wide out leagues, it pretty well balances out. Yeah. So that's kind of why I took him. And the next pick was Quentin Johnston. And honestly, I flip flop flim flam on the two of them. They're two completely different players. Um, I'm just not convinced that Quinton Johnston isn't just an athlete playing receiver. Yeah. It's, is the uh, problem. We've actually talked shit on Quinton Johnston on this podcast quite a bit. Um, but regardless, this uh, as I talk about the tier of three at the top, um, it still did feel like as far as guys, at least for me, guys, I'm really confident in plus maybe Zay flowers. Um, you have the tier of five or six at the top of the draft, but it felt like we get to pick five. And then just because, uh, our lovely beans has picked six, I say the draft completely opens up. I, six. It, the draft opened up twice in two years. Actually, what, what's Actually. absolutely like mind melting. So, so Zay Flowers went back. seventh, right? Okay. So here are the seventh overall picks that have happened in this league. Here's the sixth overall picks followed by the seventh overall picks for the last three drafts. So first draft, sixth overall is Trevor Lawrence followed by Devonta Smith. Both ended up being good players, but one of them is like a much better one quarterback asset, right? Yep. Um, Trevor Lawrence after year one also looked awful. So that pick was a lot better two years ago, but, uh, last year's James cook followed by pick seven, which was Garrett Wilson, I believe. Right. Yep. So like, you know, one of these guys is a much better fantasy asset, you know? And then this year it's Devon, a chain who is literally just an undecided running back. Followed by Zay Flowers. So Zay Flowers has a lot of, you know, living up to do. Considering that he is a receiver drafted in the lucky seven spot. But what do we think of Devon A. Chain followed by Zay Flowers? Um, uh, so Beans trades up for this pick. Uh, and I just. I, did he trade down? No, wait. He traded out of that pick earlier in the year and then trade back in. Correct. So we want to put our mind into the uh, the brains of beans, and then your mind breaks, and you got to get a replacement. Um, so then, with your replacement brain, you try to think about what beans is doing, but not too hard because you don't want to break your replacement brain. And you realize that beans traded up to six, and then still doesn't know what he wanted to do with it. So he thought, "I'm just going to take the dude with the highest upside." And to beans's brain, and I don't necessarily disagree. It was Devon A. Chain, um, undersized, yes. 
but is at the very least explosive in an explosive offense. And I could see a like way that he could have a massive year in Miami, similar to Jameer Gibbs as well. He gets the kind of gets the draft capital. I don't really view third round as running back getting draft capital, but at least gets what people view as draft capital and should be used. Uh, yeah, it's just running back value pushing running back lack of value pushing up running backs because everyone needs running backs. So uh, B Martyr sits at seven, takes Zay Flowers because Zay Flowers went at six in every single one of the 15 mock drafts that I did, um, except for our real draft because no computer can simulate beans. Uh, but yes, I think that's the important way to look at it is. Uh, Beans drafts at six, which blows the whole draft wide open, pushes a uh, common number six pick back to seven. Um, similar thinking to me, because we have a lot of uh, controversy around Zach Charbonnet following the draft, going to the landing spot with Kenneth Walker. Um, truthfully, not to get us back to Jackson Smith and Jigba, but a perennially run-heavy team in Seattle taking a running back round two when they already had a running back did not like seem to me uber-conducive to A, passing a lot, and B, running a lot of three wide receiver sets uh, was another thing that hurt my thoughts on taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. But regardless, Shart, who uh, per sources, uh, as in the man himself, says, he wants to acquire every running back two in the league to uh, add them together to have multiple, or I guess the ability to replace an RB1 in the aggregate. Uh, so that's what he's hoping to do here with Zach Charbonnet's uh, get the production of a running back one in the aggregate when either Kenneth Walker is hurt or just flex Zach Charbonnet in there if he can. Um, but I, I did feel like these three were kind of that next tier per se of players they usually went in this range um how do you feel about this i guess range of picks sam and the, yeah and the i, I, I think uh sharp found his perfect team fit i think uh you know he he is exactly what sharp wants and if he ever becomes the uh workhorse of that backfield then uh sharp would definitely trade him yeah um i i think b i i think it's the right three players i think the order is a little Weirdish. I kind of thought Beans was gonna take Kincaid um, because that seems like the most Beans thing. Um, I I really think by the time I, I I think really when we tell you who the top eleven were, I think it was the right top eleven. I think it was a little weird how it went. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I like a chain is fine. He's probably not going to do much of anything this year. It'll probably be more of next year, especially if Dalvin Cook is going to be, you know, cut and end up in Miami. That's, um, that's the big fear for him. And I, I do want to give two teams up here a shout out. Uh, the first one is B-Martyr. Um, B-Martyr's on the Zoom. We're on the Zoom having a good time, uh, talking trash on each other as Beans makes his pick. Uh, and... B-Martyr comes on the clock, and for a dude that was, like, you know, there and present the entire time, instantly muted a camera off. Just fucking business mode, like, fuck you guys, I am entering, I am in the saddle, I'm making the best decision here. Takes a couple minutes, ends up taking Zay Flowers. I just thought that that was funny when we were live on the draft, uh, watching the different way that people handled being on the clock. 
Um, speaking of which, Jimmy, go fuck yourself. Um, I was sitting there at pick 10, uh, which is our next pick, thinking any of the three players ahead of Dalton Kincaid, I would have taken over Dalton Kincaid. Now, and actually in my personal rankings, I do think that is a, I did have that actually as a tier of four, which is why I was okay being at pick 10. I just preferred Dalton Kincaid the, uh, the least. Luckily, my uh, savior, J-Rob, for the amount of uh, large amount of shit that he talks on me about drafting in a wind tunnel or about uh, him sniping or uh, taking Rashad White over me taking Sky Moore uh, or after me taking Sky Moore, he kind of bails me out in my mind, giving me a highly productive, at least quarterback asset in one quarterback league. And Lamar Jackson for the 10th pick, he comes and takes Dalton Kincaid. I think it's two high upside options. I understand both sides. I completely understand J-Rob not wanting to have a highly productive quarterback on his roster at this time. Um, oh, man. Dude, J-Rob has – here's the thing. When I rebuilt, I, like, tore the house down, right? But, like, J-Rob, like, threw a fucking bomb on the house. Like, the foundation's gone. Just a fucking hole. And that dude is literally going to draft Caleb Williams, and he's going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., and he's just going to restart. <laughs> J-Rob's house, like the location that it will be in four years, it not not like they haven't done like the like foundation work or anything like that. Not that they haven't done, you know, like the leveling or the scouting for it. Like, no, they haven't had the thought to like, hey, I might want to build a house at some point in the future. Like they haven't even got to that part of that. The house, it, the house doesn't yet. even enter the combo. No, no. They're living at an they're living in an apartment as sophomores in college. Not sure if they're going to graduate. That's where they're at in their like life process. It's like uh, it's like what were you doing in 1994? <laughs> like I don't know, man, chilling in my dad's balls. Maybe I don't know. He's torn this thing down to like the only thing that's left is like off brand nuts and bolts that you're not sure. Dude, like Rashad Rashad Penny is like the most valuable asset on that team currently. Yeah. Or I, I guess it's probably Kincaid. So like let's be let's be like open and honest. I would imagine he is like keeping Kincaid for either A hoping he turns into Travis Kelsey and B like selling if he needed to. Two two things was what I thought. So A, Dalton Kincaid is a super high upside. I and like I'm not taking him he's better than anybody left at this point too. So let's get let's get, let's get exactly. that out of the way. Um but Super high upside, you know, there were Travis Kelsey comps coming into the draft. And I'm, if he does go into Buffalo, plays a slot role, and is a hoop, super highly productive tight end, he's instantly one of the most valuable part pieces in Dynasty. Anything else, he's just like, okay. But the key part is, he's not highly productive, he's young, and he's like not stopping J-Rob from getting the number one and number two pick next year. Oh, absolutely not. That man is, that man will be drafting first overall, I can guarantee. Yeah. So, past number 10 overall picks. By the way, back-to-back -back years of J-Rob picking at number 10. Yep. Rashad White, who is now on my roster. That was pre-draft trade. Uh, J-Rob, shout out to you for not completely giving me the shaft. That would have really sucked. Yeah. Um. So, shout out to you. I appreciate you. Rashad White was a good pick. Big Rashad White stand right here. Now, we so to round out the first round, right? It's Kendra Miller and uh, 
Jonathan Mingo, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, Kendrick Miller goes to Beans at 11, and Jonathan Mingo goes to Shard at 12. So Beans uh, exits the first round with uh, Duane A-Chain and Kendrick Miller. Uh, Shard exits the first round with Jonathan Mingo and Zach Charbonnet. Um, the one thing I would love, I, I wish Beans was here, because I genuinely want to ask him if, like, because at one point, Beans actually had picks 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, um, just right in a row. And I want to know if, at, like, all of the moving that Beans eventually does from those picks actually had a tangible reason why. Um, because I don't know if they did as much as they just moved in random directions and spanned out. Uh, I hated this range in the draft, so I was happy for Beans' sake that he did, because we continue, and J-Rob, um, after taking a tight end in the first round, doubles off and takes a tight end at the first pick in the second round with Rashi Rice for Kansas City. Um, I was so pissed, bro. I was so ready to fucking throw my meme in there about Beans and... Dog, fucking J-Rob ruined the vision. He ruined the dream. Well, Beans gets out of the way. I mean, I, I would have taken Kendra Miller over. That's a good pick. I really think the order... I mean, I would have too, but he ruined the dream. I know. The the order up until the tight end, Rashi Rice, gets taken doesn't make or makes sense. Uh, Rashi Rice gets taken like 15 picks over where he should get taken. And then um, the draft continues as per usual with Shark taking... Um, uh, another tight end, which I, Michael Mayer, baby. Yeah, I, I, I I'm trying to defend Sharp here, and no. I'm struggling. Rookie tight ends almost never pan out, man. I, well, you take a rookie tight end high in the second round. Yes, he's like supposed to be the top tight end. Dalton Kincaid gets drafted over, but he was the third, actually the third tight end taken in the draft. Um, La Porta it's was not, cool. It's not even really the Michael Mayer selection as much as it's this like continual like Zach Charbonnet's got this massive question mark. You enter the draft with these four high like picks, these four high picks. And even the mid second here coming up, he had a shit ton of draft capital. We could recap it at the end. But he's uh so far you've got Zach Charbonnet who's got the massive question of having to beat out a dude that was like a top ten running back last year. Uh, Jonathan Mingo who's a dude nobody cared about until draft capital and it was only second round draft capital. Uh, you get a rookie tight end at the high second round, and then a another running back that's behind a top ten running back from last year. And uh, take Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. I actually do like the Tank Bigsby pick. I I think so, it's solid, but I I'm like shocked he didn't take Roshan Johnson. Well, he ends up taking Roshan. He ends up taking him. Later. I'm still shocked he didn't end up taking him. Yes, Damn. we're. By, so, yeah, I guess from a Shards perspective, uh, we just skip ahead to add that Roshan Johnson perspective, uh, pick in here because my point is mostly it feels like he added a bunch of just okay to mid to bad, and that's like their range, which is already sprinkled all over his team. And it just kind of, you kind of wonder what he's going to use to crawl out of the gravity of the bottom of the league. And I'm not sure. Right. About I, I don't I don't know what prayer is it just there prayer bro prayer <laughs> yes, yeah he's gonna he's gonna pray to the fantasy gods I don't know man like would it surprise you genuinely if like ETN and like Khalil Herbert like broke their legs and then like he just has two running back and like Kenneth Walker just gets replaced and he's got like three RB ones just running wild. 
No, but here I guess here's the problem with the starting point of where we're at is all of like those scenarios that you mentioned involve better players on their roster having to get hurt in order for the shittier players behind them to have to be successful. Hey, when to be fair though, roster, he does have Khalil Herbert already. So it, yes, that when you're building your roster around like subpar players, it just it feels dangerous, and I feel like that's where we're at with Shirt. Bro, he was just vi- he's just drafted on vibes, isn't that what he said? Yes, correct. Uh, just vibes, bro. I drafted on vibes. I just drafted. See, I drafted on vibes, Gavin. Yeah, I just drafted on vibes with high picks. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> so bro, now I don't, we get I don't give a fuck about the mid second round, unless yeah. like we'll, no, we'll get my pick in the mid second, but like generally, don't give a fuck. No, like, we can just those- rattle through these and go through anything. I um, After Tank Bixby goes Sam Laporta, another rookie tight end. Uh, Jaden Reed, who I at least like the opportunity for, and I think he's actually That's a such lot a beans of- pick, bro. That dude is 23 I like Jaden Reed. I don't – here's the problem is I, I'm sitting at the 206, and I take Bryce Young, and uh, pretty much I've got nothing but flack for it afterwards just because it's a quarterback. Really? Yeah, no, well, what do you mean beans take Bryce Young? Like, genuinely. Like, I mean that as a friend. No. Why? Beans' Bean's quarterback is who? Justin Herbert? Yeah, but that's it. That's it? Why Why are we not taking Bryce Young? No, He's I've the first overall Beans, pick. I've offered Beans a trade for Bryce Young, but here's the problem. is Part of the reason I took Bryce Young is because he's, like, valued at, like, the 110 on keep trade cut right now. And so by the time we're getting to the 206, it's like, okay, all of these players around Bryce Young, I'm like, okay, reasonably confident in. But Bryce Young was the number one pick in the draft. Bryce Young is going to have a job for multiple years and still has the possibility of like being an elite fantasy asset. And in a world where elite quarterbacks are becoming more important, it's the reason Anthony Richardson went went at pick nine. Um, Because you have players like Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes that are just like, becoming a bigger difference maker than they have in the past. Um, but but regardless, that, that was why I picked Bryce Young, because just at that point, it's I felt stupid to pass on him. Uh, I, I guess for me, like, again, I wouldn't have personally traded up for Bryce Young, but in that range, it's just like, okay, like, who's well, better? Right. Like, are we, are we really, like... I mean, I like Rasheed Rice doesn't really entice me. I mean, he, he entices me. He's on the Chiefs, so I guess he has to entice me. And Michael Mayer could be like something, but like Tank Bigsby is like okay. Sam Laporta is kind of interesting, but like Jaden Reed is just like okay. Like they're all backups, like at their peak in my mind. All right. So moving on, you know, the aforementioned Roshan Johnson. Uh, and then Drew, after the selection of Sam Laporta, takes Josh Downs. Um, a lot of people like Josh Downs. I never got the I never got the hype. <laughs> I well, so his for uh at least me digging into his analytics profile, he has an outstanding analytics profile. Um I don't disagree with that. I see a like pathway to him being good, but he's just an undersized slot receiver and went to a team where there's a guy on the outside and Michael Pittman that's going to force him to be nothing but an undersized slot receiver. Um, I could see him being like a PPR 
potential monster, but again, your quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson, and are you like gonna bank on that type stuff too? He, but he uh, feels very much like you remember that season Cole Beasley had where he was yeah. like really good. He had like a thousand yards and like almost a hundred catches and like almost like a couple touch like that feels like a ceiling. Yep, nope, I agree hundred percent. That's exactly where my brain was. And we go and I again I'm I'm gonna go back through the second round and cover it once we get to the end. So I'll buzz through these last couple. Sam takes Izzy Abanacanda to back up Brees Hall. Yeah, uh, purely just a Brees Hall backup pick. Yeah, but he corners the market on the Jets' backfield, and most importantly, does that when as like outstanding of a asset as Brees is in Dynasty, you still have him coming off of the injury, and more than anything, yeah. for early season production. I think is what you're looking at. I, I saw sub Wednesday something like it was a hot take thread. It was like Brees Hall like re tears his ACL and Israel Abanikanda runs for like twelve hundred and eight. And like one of the response was responses was, Well, I had Brees, so I drafted Izzy, so this is fine. So like that's fine. Yeah. And I like, actually okay. as much shit as I talk on the running backs and Izzy sliding down the draft, I loved Izzy Abanikanda like pre draft. Um, for guys that I thought have the size, um, have the speed, and at least if they went to a spot with opportunity, I thought could take hold of that and actually be, do something with it. He did have he that. He reminds me of a non-angry Pacheco, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Pacheco and him have very similar-ish size and explosiveness. Checo runs way angrier, which is like more conducive. They they both also don't have very good vision. Um yeah. Pacheco runs way angrier, which is like more endearing to coaching. So yeah. Now then uh I come up next and I I take Marvin Mims. Yes. Analytics analytics yeah. uh mastermind here. Um, maybe something ha- I truthfully, I'm trying to trade out of this pick is really what's happening, but have to make the pick. I was happy to take Marvin Mims there. I think, uh, one of the receivers in Denver is out in the next year, maybe both. Um, you could see a lot of changes come in Denver very quickly, regardless. I think Marvin Mims at least has enough talent to flash. And that's enough for me to take a flyer on the late second round. I'm actually pretty sure just to compare draft classes here. I'm pretty sure that that was the Damian Pierce pick spot last year. Um, so uh, a little sad because I don't think Marvin Mims has any sort of range of outcome like that, but it's okay. Um, Jacob comes next. At, this is Land uh, taking Jalen Hyatt at the 211, and we round out with Beans taking Chase Brown um, at the last pick in the second round. Now, Sam. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, the uh... – the massive weight, zero talent that never was and never will be. Outside of Bryce Young, and I, I'm not saying this this I'm saying not saying this this way to defend a picket of a quarterback in the middle of second, but is there any player in the second round that you see having a potential to be a realistic number one on their team long term? And that that was Okay, like, like what do you mean by so I'll tell you the picks that I like, right? Like the picks that are intriguing. I think both the tight ends between Michael Mayer and Laporta, I think both of them are intriguing. I think Laporta, like, Laporta's going to run into a situation where I think Laporta is, like, a fun player and a fun asset. But, like, 
Jamison Williams and Jameer Gibbs and Amra St. Brown like all exist. And so it's going to be kind of one of those dudes is going to be the odd man out. And one of the dudes is also a tight end. Right. So, right. um, I know, I know Jaden Reed has a lot of like fun analytic comps, but like, I don't, he's 23. Like I'm just not really seeing it. Um, I, I think the only other one really, and again, this is just me being biased as hell. Um, I like Hyatt at the value just because like, I don't know, man, he did win the Bolitnikov. I know that doesn't mean fucking Jack Diddley and a lot of Bolitnikov winners are bad, like in the NFL, but like to me, he's going to a place where they have no like elite wide receiver options, right? right. So if Jalen Hyatt, here's the thing. We're going to know exactly what Jalen Hyatt is after like this season. If yeah. Jalen Hyatt is playing like as a starter, we know he's at least okay. If he doesn't put up fantasy points, it's not a huge deal. But like, it's not the biggest of deals. But if he's playing and starting like in a very consistent basis, we at least know he's not garbage, right? Yeah. If but if Jalen Hyatt like doesn't play at all this year, if he's like playing like under fifty percent snap shares like the entire season, like we can know he's garbage and we can cut him and it's fine. Yeah. Um. But I I, I just think that Jalen Hyatt has an opportunity to beat out a lot of mid which can prove to me that he is at least mid plus and the opportunity because of his explosiveness to at least be a flippable asset. So I do like that pick. I have no idea what Jalen Hyatt's going to become. It like wouldn't surprise me if he was out of the league in two years. It also really wouldn't surprise me if he ended up being like diet Tyree kill. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with all of that. Really, I'm gonna t- I've talked very negatively about a lot of uh, picks here. By and large, this draft class as a whole was very poor and down. And I really think across the board, there's not a single player in the second round. I see a potential to them to become like a high-end number one player in the NFL at their position. I just don't see that for any of them. And that was my outside of Bryce Young. And that was my problem with a lot of those picks. Um, and it gets even worse because we round further into the draft. Uh, we come in with what, actually what, – oh, go ahead. What's funny about these picks, though, is like I feel like a lot of after pick 11 is – The same. Co- like after pick 11, except for Bryce Young, I don't, Bryce Young, other than the quarterbacks because the quarterbacks are a different beast and – one QB other than the quarterbacks. I feel like everything after Kendra Miller is like, man, I would like this guy at like the two ten or yeah. the two Oh nine. And then it's that way until the very end of the draft almost. So it's funny. You mentioned that because actually after, uh, after the Kendra Miller selection, on my tiered rankings, I have a tier that runs into like the middle of the second round, and then I have um, a tier that basically just says late second, 
and it's like another six players. Every single player taken in the third round, I had in a tier that was undrafted because I genuinely thought that the players that went undrafted were just as good as them anyways. So because it was such a deep draft, but it was so deep that I didn't think that it dropped off for another two, three, four, five players that are that were on waivers um, after the draft. So that, but I guess that puts into perspective kind of this draft feeling like everybody was drafted around ahead of ADP, even though it was their ADP. It's yeah, just the draft. Right. Again, it felt like if you didn't have a top three pick, you were kind of like content with what you got in the first round. And if you didn't have a top like six, seven pick, if you were picking like eight, nine, 10, 11, it was just kind of like, okay, well, thank God I'm picking eight, nine, 10, 11. And then after that, it was just like, I guess, who do I like? Right. Yep. No, I I agree. Yeah, let's just run through these. I mean, like Cedric Tillman is like one of those dudes. I like Cedric Tillman. He's fine. Um, I think Cleveland's a rough spot for him. 45% of his routes at Tennessee were curl routes. No shit. 100%. Now, I want to be very uh, clear on that. If he goes in the NFL, runs nothing but curl routes, and just does that all day for Cleveland, I think that genuinely he could do that at an elite level or a good enough level that, like, on a high passing volume team, he could still put up numbers. Um, just like you know, finding holes in zone, etc. But like, I just want to put that in perspective. Like, that's the type of, I guess, talent we're dealing with there, uh, per yeah. se. But he is big, going to occupy space, and essentially be a third tight end there for. Uh, Cleveland that plays wide receiver and can block for Nick Chubb. Yeah, so that was a pick by Sharp. Again, I, I like Tillman. It's just kind of a rough spot and rough draft capital. I mean, really what it is is like once you start getting out, to me, once you get out, start getting outside of the top, like really two rounds for draft capital, it's just like, do I really want you? Yeah. Like Izzy, I didn't even, I only wanted Izzy because he was on the Jets. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, if Izzy, like, got drafted by the fucking, like, I don't know. Like, if he got drafted by the fucking Giants or whatever, or if he got drafted by, like, the Patriots. Like, I'm not clamoring to get Izzy a Banacanda. I'm just drafting someone else. Yeah. I I actually want to uh, bundle together both of J-Rob's uh, third-round picks here and Zach Evans and Evan Hull. Um Homer pick. The latter's a homer pick. The latter's a homer but pick. But a good homer pick, if we're being honest. 100% agree, but you grab two guys behind. Pers- I don't even I don't even want to talk about Cam Akers as a perceived workhorse. But I guess uh, they immediately step into that RB2 spot, which there's running backs taken ahead of them that I don't think immediately step into that RB2 spot, like undisputed. Um, but... You get guys where if the starter goes down, they immediately have value, can offer that flip value for J-Rob. I thought it made a ton of sense. I thought in the third round, they um, both of them, ironically, Zach Evans at least meets the 200-pound threshold that, ironically, Jameer Gibbs doesn't meet by a pound. But um, Evan Hull is a big running back. He's got, si- he's got size, got speed, got the receiving ability, um, has the whole package, just doesn't have the draft capital. Uh I, I loved what J-Rob did, though, with the high upside running backs there in, this, in the third round. Yeah, I I really like what um, he did with Evans. I mean, Evans, look, I mean, Evans has got the pedigree, at least. Like, he's worth taking the shot at just because, I mean, he's at least, he's not been productive, but he's played, right? Yes, yep. 
Um, and then Evan Hall, I mean, like, dude, go go get the Northwestern guy. And plus, he's he could just be uh fucking what's his nuts? Uh trade him to the Bills. No. Why am I thinking of Tevin Coleman? I don't know why. I mean, Tevin Coleman did kind of the same thing. It's not Tevin Coleman. It is Wow. He played at NC State too. I know where he played. Shit. Uh I'm I'm he out. Wears, he wore twenty two. Not Tevin Coleman? No, it's not Tevin Coleman. The guy who played for the Colts. Naheem Hines, that's Thank who it was. You. Okay. Yeah. Golly. Well now I gotta okay. One sec. Do you want to take a bet on whether or not I knew he went to NC State or not? Now I really just want to know. No, I trust you. I'm, like easily. He, oh, he wears number zero on the bills now. That's hilarious. Uh, I do want to. You did get NC State, by the way. I want to give Evan Hole at least a little bit more credit than J. Rob taking a homer pick. Um, Evan Hole. Oh, I want to give him that credit too. I think he can be like a backup. He's a. Uh, as far as like stuff that I look for in running backs, uh, almost 210 pounds, got a BMI of 30, put up um, almost, um, he, for his size, puts up a incredible 40-yard dash, honestly. Um, so you have the athleticism, size-adjusted athleticism, really did produce like just fine for being there at Northwestern. Uh, one of the things that I track is best season yards per play, and um, he's pretty much at the threshold I look for for that. Uh, has a actually like 97 percentile target share, like just across the board, hits a lot of stuff for the running back. So, as a sleeper, I kind of don't give a shit at this point. The draft, if he didn't get the draft capital, he's one injury away from getting opportunity, and that's all that you really need at running back. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're in the third round, like, none of these players are supposed to like be any good. Yep. And speaking, speaking of, of like that, we here. have uh, the moron himself, CJ Stroud, going at the third pick of the third round. Um, objectively Luke, stupid. Luke him again. I, I'm currently watching Heat Celtics for all of you, all of you ball knowers out there. It's tied 12 to 12. We'll update yeah, we'll, you at the we'll, end of this pod. We'll wrap this up uh, pretty quickly here. We have the moron going at pick three. Uh, Deuce Vaughn going at uh, the fourth pick in the third round. I love Deuce. I can't, I can't do it there. But I, also, I honestly was trying to trade up for him just for vibes. Like that ass dude. I didn't care. Like it's. I know. It's vibes. Um, honestly, I'm kind of glad I didn't get my hands on him because my last two third-round picks are J.B. Hopkins, who was also a undersized running back who got cut, and uh, Malik Willis, who is just god awful. Yep. Um, who uh, who got a was it was it Shart who got a Shart got a C.J. Stroud, right? Yes. Yep. Good pick by him. Yes. It, no, it really is. Similar to my Bryce Young thing. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud should go back-to-back in the draft. I mean, they're for everything I said about Bryce Young, um, him, like, being at pick 10 on keep trade cut, uh, C.J. Stroud's right there. Like, and you're getting him Honestly, in the third round. Honestly, if, like, Izzy was gone, I probably would have drafted Bryce Young. Or, uh, fucking C.J. Stroud. Yeah. No, at that point, as much shit as I'm going to talk, I don't like him just because I... I do think he just sounds stupid. Like as much as like I hate saying that about a person, like listening to the dude talk just sounds unintelligent, and I like hate that for a quarterback that has to deal with what they do. Um, we have the ACL list. Uh, Tajay Spears go at pick three hundred six. Um, I, I do like that pick. 
That that do. that is a potential impact and flip pick when people forget that he doesn't have a fucking ACL and an arthritic knee. Yeah, I as much as that's stupid, I understand and agree with you. Um, we have two, one confusing and one non-confusing tight end pick go here back to back. Uh, first one I understand is Luke Musgrave at three hundred seven, second round draft capital has opportunity because there's no other, nobody else good in Green Bay, um, and then Beans who trades the 306 for Jake Ferguson uh, coming into the draft to uh, grab the Dallas tight end room, then doubles up on the Dallas tight end room using the 308 on Luke Schoonmaker, who he did like pre-draft. I'll give Beans that. Um, and he does get drafted. I feel like that's tripling up on the Dallas tight end yes. room. Yes. Does Sorry. he have Peyton Hendershot yet? No, I think he's still on waivers. No, Be- Pey- Peyton Hendershot is in the tier of Beans likes this guy. So he's not worth rostering, and Beans doesn't actually want him enough to roster him, but he does like at least say that he likes him vocally. So he has every relevant Dallas tight end then, right? No, I think Peyton Hendershot's more relevant than Pey- Peyton Hendershot stole tar- uh, snaps from Jake Ferguson last year when Dalton Schultz. So he's not a- – so wait, he has all of the Dallas tight ends except for the good one? Well, all three of them are going to take snaps. That's the problem. Uh, so. Hey, whichever one Dak likes best, baby. If Dak likes all three, they all three still suck. But That's a good point. Dak yeah. probably will like all three. Now we get to uh, Eric Gray. I think he's fine, but he's a direct backup, has flippability. Kind of the same thing we've said about all the other running backs this round. Uh, Tetlon yeah. auto-picks Will Levis um, at pick uh, 310. Yeah, but that was perfect, though. Tetuan picks a quarterback every fucking season. Yep. Every year, without fail. Yep. And he took uh, he took Zach Wilson, he took Kenny Pickett, and now he took Will Levis. So, exactly. uh, none exactly. of those dudes are still on his roster, either. That's the crazy part. That man has no patience for rookies. <laughs> no, especially the ones he autographs. <laughs> um, yep. But... These last two picks in the draft, I do want to at least spend a little bit more time on because I don't hate the Michael Wilson and the Tank Dell picks here. I can't actually uh, – it goes to J- Wildcat, Jacob Land grabs uh, Tank Dell, and then J-Rob grabbing Michael Wilson here with Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, they get draft capital. C.J. Stroud calls for Tank Dell, which I think I, – I don't know how much I really buy into that. But regardless, like I, I like I really Tank Dell. I like Tank Dell pre-draft. Michael Wilson has some hype, goes in the third round. Um, for your last picks in your fantasy draft, high upside wide receiver picks that could like step into a role seemingly. Both of them go to wide receiver rooms that have a massive void. I guess kind of for Michael Wilson, but uh, now that D-Hop's back. But regardless, I, I like both picks. Yeah, I mean, Tank Dell's one of those guys, again, Lance seemed to have picked a lot of guys to where – He'll know very quickly whether or not they're worth keeping on his roster. Yeah. Outside Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears is going to be a dude who's probably, as long as like he's in Tennessee, will be relevant. But the wide receiver picks, it's like, all right, like Tank Dell, if he stinks, then like he stinks. It, if Tajay's ACLs are a big deal, he has three players that like instantly have a chance to step into opportunity. And I guess he can take the opportunity to flip them or he can use them immediately. But like regardless, you use three three late picks in your rookie draft and got guys that should be able to produce something this year, which yeah. is, for a rookie uh, dynasty fantasy football draft, something hey, very man, positive. It, it's Rondo Moore season. I don't care what any of the haters say. 
Um, so Sam has a game going here. So how do we want to do this, Sam? Do we want to go through each team quickly, give grades, or do we just want to give some winners and losers and give grade for? Them? Um, you know what? Let's let's just go through everyone, and give grades, because I mean, All like right. you know, it, it, it's I'm NBA, like the, the Heat are up eighteen to fifteen. It's like halfway through the first quarter. NBA games like don't really matter till like the later part of the third quarter, anyways. Because, like, 20 points doesn't mean anything in the first half of a basketball game in the NBA because everyone's good. Yep. I'm, so I'm going to grade you, you're going to grade me, and we'll collectively grade everyone else. All right. So re- read me out your picks real quick. I'll, I'll do you first. Oh, okay. Um, so pick two with Amir Gibbs. And then uh, middle of the second round, pick 206 with Bryce Young. And the end of the second, 210 is Marvin Mims. Um, I guess I traded pick 10 for Lamar Jackson, if you include that. Oh, yeah. I think I do have to include that. I think that's just an A-plus draft then, really. I think your team – I think you could have used I, – I know you needed definitely – I think you needed another wide out, and I think you needed a uh, QB infusion of youth, and I think you needed – some running back youth, and you definitely nailed running back youth. You definitely nailed the quarterback aspect. I'm not in love with Marvin Mims, but Marvin Mims is also the 210, right? So yeah. it's hard for me to penalize you on missing out on that wide receiver depth that I think I would have wanted that. I think really what it is, is you are getting what should be two very impactful players. Lamar Jackson should be a top 10 quarterback with quarterback one overall upside and drafting that at the 10th overall pick with that trade is insane. Especially um, as the age that Lamar Jackson is. Exactly. So, um, I mean, I think that's a slam dunk and let's just, we're, we're not, we're not going to beat around the bush fantasy or running backs to get drafted in the top 12 over the past like 10 years. Don't bust like, they, they they produce at least like at a reasonable like level for multiple seasons. Like the last running back to like do even Trent Richardson, even though he was a massive bust, his rookie year, he was still good. Right. He was still like a service. He was still a good fantasy running back his first season. So yes. I I was uh whenever one thing that I love checking, and it's like a, um, it's a double, it's something I've done for years as a double check to myself, and I've done a very, very good job at it so far. It's like a week or two after the draft, um, I, I just use Keep Trade Cut as a general market, like something to tell me, like generally what the market thinks. Um, usually, how it goes is your draft pick and the player you select there, the ADP player there. The ADP player is like, you know, a couple hundred whatever points below the actual draft pick. The draft pick is worth more than the player because you can theoretically mm-hmm. take anything. Um, I love checking. Did I get more value drafting with that draft pick than the draft pick actually had? And in this draft, I did manage to do that uh, just because Bryce Young was so far ahead of uh, consensus. Or I guess I got Bryce Young so far behind. Jameer Gibbs has managed to rise in uh, value so much since I drafted him. And Marvin Mims, I guess, same as well, just because uh, Reddit people like him. 
Um, that was one thing that I always double check on my drafts to like see, I guess, according to the mass, was it a good draft? And I did manage to do that, which is something I always try to do and like to double check myself. Yeah, I, I think you for sure have minimum one blocked in starter, if not two, between Gibbs and Lamar Jackson. And again, there's a lot of wide receivers. If you're going to miss out on filling one of those roles, I think it would have been quarterback would have been first, obviously, just because one QB, but you filled it with such an elite role that like, that's, I, right. I would give you an A plus. I think you did really well. Thank you, Sam. So uh, the way my draft board sets up is just reverse order, like the order that teams ended in reverse order from last year. So Sam with the number one pick, his own pick. Um, I'm going to go with you next and then just work across. Um, yeah, that'll work. Uh, so Sam comes into the draft, takes Bajin Robinson. Obviously, that just like puts your like fucking range for where you can get graded in this draft so high. Yeah. Um, and this all comes with the perspective, too, of where your team is at. Uh, you add Jordan Addison, who not only, um, as much questions as I have about his ceiling, 100% agree with you on the high floor he's adding to your roster. Um, I think that comes into play this season. Um, Adam Thielen's vacating 100, 110, whatever targets in that offense. Um, they're going to pass the ball a shit ton. Their defense sucks. It still sucks. Um, your first I think defense- the main question for all of that and this will really determine how good that pick is or not, is can Jordan Addison win targets from TJ Hawkinson? Because if Jordan Addison wins targets from TJ Hawkinson is, is the clear number two like option in that passing game, then like you can start talking about like having a receiver that can be, you know. I, I'll be 100%. That, that's kind of the tough part. I, I just don't think it matters. I think your target share is so condensed to three players, similar to the Eagles from last year, that it just kind of doesn't matter. Where because I mean, so, Adam what Taylor I will say about target. that, and uh, th- this is coming from a Devonta Smith owner, and this is something people don't like to talk about who own Devonta Smith, and this is also why I went out and got T Higgins because I need. It's not the consistency, but it's just. A lot of times it's very hard to support three like viable options. It's a little bit different if it's like two wide receivers and a tight end, but Devonta Smith had a lot of huge games when Dallas Goddard like was out. Correct. So like now granted Dallas Goddard has hurt a lot. Like that's just the way his career has been. But I think you could also see more passing out of Philly this year, just from the standpoint of, my God, they were so dominant last year and got to run the ball a fuck ton. But I, I do like Devonta Smith. Like again, I think he's a, I think he's a guy who's probably like not a wide receiver one. He's probably like a wide receiver eighteen overall, like a yeah. lot of the time. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I hundred percent agree with you. Regardless, you add two guys that you're, you're stepping into the realm of competition this year. Most teams that are competitive have that like almost cheat code ability to put a top end running back in their flex position and get that like uh, high end production out of multiple of their uh, more of their starting lineup. Um, you get that now with Bijan Robinson having Najee Harris already in store and hopefully getting Brees Hall back this season. Um, 
but you just kind of get to find a wide receiver production from the amount of wide receiver tools that you have, like you said. Um, and then you back up Brees and maybe even add some early season, not only uh, replaceability in Izzy Bandicanda, but let's let's be honest here. If Izzy Bandicanda comes out the first three weeks and is super explosive, super good because he's a explosive athlete, um, you have flippability there as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, uh, if I had to give a grade to it, um, God, I, I'd go just like, like – I don't think – I yeah, I was gonna say I don't think you can give me like an A plus. Like I think your draft, it's like, oh, you got like a certified stud running back, like per trend, and like a legitimate like impact player, and like the number one overall pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, I the reason my draft feels bad to me is because I took a bunch of players that I don't necessarily like, but they made sense at the draft slot. Um Whereas your draft, maybe you got a lower quote letter grade by the consensus, but I can absolutely say from your or to your perspective, you got three players that coming into the draft you wanted, you got, they're your players, and it probably feels much better than I feel sitting here today. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Travis is next with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it, it's weird to grade one player draft. guys like Travis's draft because it's one player and like it's a premium pick um for a premium player right so like I almost feel like it's got to be like an a a minus right? I, I like, it's one of those things where you know what do you want to grade like did you come out of the draft with a lot of assets like well he didn't come in with draft capital because he's already got it on his team in terms of assets so he uh, comes in with a high-end asset, uses the draft. It's not like he came in with a 103 and just blew it on some player with an ADP of 10. Like, he came in, took the player he's supposed to. It's an elite asset. It's just kind of status quo for his draft. and adds an elite player to his team. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you just got to give it, like, an A. Like, yeah. right? Like, yep. I, like, I it, it's boring, right? But, like, yeah. sometimes being really good is boring. That, yeah. I mean, normally... Normally, teams that win and normally, like, organizations that are good are just boring. Well, it must suck to uh, lose in the title game and then come back the next year and draft JSN. That must just be horrible. Uh, yeah, I know. Poor guy. But po- um, just great poverty. Jesus Christ. So, five is the same thing, right? So, five, five is lips. He has one pick, and it's just Quentin Johnston. And I think this is really just got – so, like, this is the same thing as just drafting JSN, but this time it's just Quentin Johnston, which to me gets you a lower letter grade because it's just a not premium prospect. Uh, shoot text. Where it's different for me is I feel, and I, I feel worse about Quentin Johnston, way worse about Quentin Johnston as a player than I do Jackson Smith and Jake Buff, and he's a low, lower draft spot, so that has to do with it, but for Clayton's team coming into this draft, you are um, coming off of a title this year. Take a step backwards. Two years ago. Lose, two years ago, thank you. You lose Cooper Cup. Um, you kind of have this aging roster while lacking a lot of draft picks. From my perspective, I think pick five is used better trying to like extend that window a little bit, getting a player that could produce more 
immediately than Quentin Johnston. I don't know if Quentin Johnston necessarily fits the quote-unquote window that... Uh, I, I guess I don't know who that is then. I No, I agree with you completely because I don't know if pick five really had that trade value. In a perfect world, that's where I'm at and why I'm at like, you know, instead of an A, I'm at like a B plus, A minus. But I'm speaking in a perfect utopian here where in a league that's very difficult to get trades pushed through. No, I, I get that. I almost feel like, so I get that. I, I think Quentin Johnston is a solid asset. Yes. I think, I think you have, to, I, I don't want to like grade lips on what we think he could have or should have done. Right. It's really just more of what he did do. I, yeah. I think, you know, I think there's a couple options that maybe would have been better. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you try and turn five into like a first and multiple seconds and you sprinkle in some more talent. I mean, obviously with five, you're taking the big hit on the blue chip prospect. I mean, not the blue chip prospect, but the higher rated prospect or whatever, looking to get like more out of it. Maybe you turn five into like multiple players, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Maybe you turn the fifth overall pick into like Devonte Adams and David Montgomery from Beans or something. If Beans was like in love with Quentin Johnston, I, I'm just picking on Beans because I know his roster a lot. Speaking of Beans, and I played not to like. So, so wait, well, we got to give him a letter grade. I want to give him like a B, like B plus. B plus. B plus. Yeah, that's where I'm, and mostly that's just me being lower on Quentin Johnston. But again, he did exactly. Well, yeah, I, well again. If someone only made one pick and it was like who was supposed to be at ADP at like the 302 or like someone above ADP at the 302, it's like I'm not giving you an A for like drafting someone like that was mid two at the 302. Like that's didn't know. Uh, well, no, you didn't trade up from five. You traded back from three, right? Yes, I went from three to four. Okay. All right. Nope. Then I'm good then. That'll but I got up. like. There's a lot of different moving parts to that entire trade. We don't need yeah. to necessarily get into it. Um, we go to Beans next at pick six. Uh, You're going to have to read me off everyone that he yeah. got. So Beans comes in with a lot of draft capital, and I don't necessarily hate a lot of what he left with. Um, he takes Devon A. Chain at pick six. Kendra Miller, pick 11. Goes to Jaden Reed in the middle of the second round. He gets Trace Brown at the very end of the second round and then grabs Luke Schoonmaker at the end of the third, or mid-late mid, third. Um, you know from, what? I actually really like the running back picks that he made. I do, too. I talk shit on a lot of his draft coming through, retroactively looking at it. I like the players that he came out with. And yeah. the reasonable slots. He's in the range of the slots that I would have taken them. Yeah, be, here's the thing. Beans feels like... What it here's what it feels like. It feels like he bought like okay. It'd be like if there was a baseball card, like a Babe Ruth signed baseball card that's valued at like a hundred dollars, and Beans paid one hundred fifty dollars for it, and it's like oh well, you paid too much for this, but you still have a signed Babe Ruth like card, right? right. Like it's awesome. So like I I still feel pretty good about all the running backs he got. Like Chase Brown can be like Samaj P Ryan, Devon H could actually like be uh Raheem Mostert this year and like that was a valuable asset and Kendra Miller could honestly just steal having Kamara's job because reasons. I, I think the thing I love the most about his draft 
and it kind of it feels weird because early in the draft and later in the draft, this is all applicable. Every single one of his players has a path to get immediate opportunity, and that's yes. the part that feels good. Um, does it feel great to take that at uh, pick 106 with a 180-pound running back? No, but at the same time, he's drafting the third round is super explosive, and I could see him having a great year with Miami. So if I had to give a letter grade to this, um, you got a lot of great players, but you came in with a lot of draft capital. Um, and I feel bad. I feel like we're leaving meat on the bone, not being able to analyze all of the quote unquote trades that beans made both during the draft and before the draft, but there was, a yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bob. Those are just, those happened, but I, you ended up here and took these players. So I don't, and you're know, also working right now. So yeah, I don't know what, uh, you netted out. Um, I'm giving it like a B plus. I like the players. I like the immediate opportunity. Um, when I look at a, a fantasy draft, I don't love the players, but you at least have the ability to get immediate production and either A, use that, because if there's one thing that, like, keep trade cut, just the masses love. If you're a rookie and you come in and immediately produce, you just fucking soar up those rankings. Oh, your, dude, I know. Your trade value, your, I mean, just look at Christian Watson, who scored a touchdown on, like, 90% of his touches last year, and people think that's sustainable. Um like, he's just fucking soared up the rankings because he put up fantasy points immediately. And ironically, he's on Beans' roster already. But, um, so, yeah, I'm coming out I'm coming at this with a B. Um, I think that I would have taken different players out of a lot of the draft slots. I love the Jaden Reed pick in the second round. Um, really, it's just a Devon A-Chain pick that feels a little high. And you kind of burn a third-round pick, having already having Jake Ferguson on your roster. Um, so B plus. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give boss man a B plus because I don't want to be fired. I I was gonna give him an A minus. Honestly, I think I'm just a little bit. For for me, I think I lean more on who did you end up getting and less where did you end up getting them. I yeah. mean, I it, unless it's like egregious. Like again, if if Beans is getting Devon A chain, but he picked him at fucking like three, then yeah. like that's something oh. else. Um, I, I think you could have very well made the argument that Devon A. Chain could have what, been the seventh overall pick in the draft. He, no, right? he is my seventh-rated player. I was hoping he would fall to 10. He was kind of in that tier. So I like this isn't egregious or anything by Beans at all. I, honestly, it's a B plus. Also, did Beans take him in the other Dino League? I think he question. did. I'd have to double I check. Think he, no, he did. He absolutely did. But, so Beans loves him some Devon A. Chain. Like, regardless, it's a solid draft, and that's exactly where we have it graded. All right, so we got, we got B-Martyr next. Did B-Martyr, who else did B-Martyr get other than uh, Zay, Zay Flowers? The B-Martyr takes Zay at seven. Then he comes back in the third round grabbing uh, Deuce Vaughn and Luke Musgrave. Mm. A-plus. Absolutely A-plus grade. So De- Deuce makes it an A-plus. All right, on vibes, I get it. Vibes, bro. A-plus vibes. A minus from a like tangible dynasty perspective. I love getting Zay at seven. You get him a spot below ADP. He falls to you. You grab him. Uh, people love Zay. I traded for. I'm just not a Zay guy, which means he's gonna be good. But like, uh, I'm yeah. not a Zay guy. Dude, I love Deuce, and I would I would have drafted him mainly for vibes. But like, he is five five. I so and here's my... who, who's the other guy? Luke, Luke Musgrave. Luke yeah. Yeah, I mean tight end in the third. He, he drafts tight end in the third round every year. Um, honestly, I don't that 
tight end the third round to me just doesn't do anything for me, honestly. Yeah, it really feels like so. Here's Zay, great pick. That's why you have an A, a like that. You're in that range. That's just outstanding use of that 107. Um, as many questions he might have in this draft, that's great pick. Um, Deuce, here's my problem with Deuce. I've said this on the podcast multiple times. The size, yes, all that. Maybe he mixes in with Tony Pollard. Realistically, I think you're looking at like a guy that mixes in when Tony Pollard's hurt and then it's kind of like a split between he and Malik Davis. The big problem that I have is what I see happening is Tony Pollard gets hurt. Malik Davis is on the roster. Deuce Vaughn is not because he didn't play special teams in college and maybe like doesn't like isn't helpful so they don't want to take three running backs in or want to take a different running back in that can play special teams um Malik Davis plays after Tony Pollard gets hurt and then you go into the next week when Tony Pollard's hurt and Leonard Fournette's on your roster and all of a sudden then you got nothing from Deuce Vaughn that's that's my pro it's a special teams thing with Deuce Vaughn I, I don't see a like way for him to work into this roster yeah, like he, like, he's going to have to be, like, a top three on the depth chart running back to, like, win. There's a bad win. feeling in the back of my head that he doesn't get drafted in the NFL if his dad doesn't work there. And I, like, I hate saying that about a player from K-State, about a player that meant so much to K-State. But, like, the video, the everything, the PR, like, there's that. Like, yeah, like, I, I get that vibe. I, 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 I get the vibes on that. And you know what? I mean, you can really only... Look, man, we're all rooting for him, and like, I yeah. would love nothing more than for Deuce. Dude, let, let's just get this out of the way. Deuce will never be a workhorse in the NFL, like no. never. Darren Sproles, like, never was that either. Darren Sproles just happened to go and play with Drew Brees and like catch a fuck ton of passes. I was gonna say, and Darren Sproles, something that la I got a rant here for a second. Something that I hate about fantasy Twitter is how they just like disregard for a second that like PPR leagues and standard leagues are different games and so they'll just like talk about a player and say like what are you talking about this guy's like the rb9 and he's like the rb9 in standard and like the rb28 and or the rb9 and uh ppr and the rb28 in standard um yeah like naheem so, hines was like notorious for that darren sproles is the same way so like it, this is all your league dependent too this is a half point so somewhere in between um but then again, Luke Musgrave had like 300 yards and his most like highest receiving yardage total at Oregon State. Like, yeah, I mean, he's just kind of a projection. Complete. And I mean, he has injury issues. Yes. I to me, I want to give it like again. A minus. I'm being an ass because I don't act. I I just don't like Zay Flowers that much, and I really don't like him in Baltimore. And me giving it like a B is kind of just being an asshole. So I'm gonna give it a B plus. But, like, that's because I don't like the player, which means he's going to be good, which is good for you, B-Martyr. I, I, I yeah. will say, here is one Here's one thing, right? This, I, I, will, I will justify me being an asshole and me, like, not giving it an A. Because I understand that you don't draft for need in a rookie draft, but B-Martyr currently oh, is rostering yeah. about <laughs> one legitimate running back currently. And I understand that, like, Devon A-Chain and, like, Charbonnet aren't necessarily, like, those kind of guys, right? Like, they're not going to end up being workhorse running backs because if they were, they wouldn't be there at seven anyways, and A-Chain wasn't. But I almost feel like, is Zay Flowers that much better than uh, Charbonnet? Like, even at Charbonnet's position? 
Maybe not. But like with Deuce, I get your drafting on vibes and everything, but I feel like Tajay Spears is a better investment because like Derek Henry could just break and Tajay Spears could be like a running back that you can plug and play and it can get you to the playoffs until like whatever. And then like Luke Musgrave is a project, but forgot. I, I don't know who got, who got drafted after Luke Musgrave. Um, no, like, so to build on your point, I'd rather have Evan Hull, Tajay Spears, probably Luke Schoonmaker, honestly, uh, Eric Gray, not really Will Levis, but Tank Dell and Michael Wilson. I'd rather have all of those players at those draft slots rather than who was taken. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, it's like, okay, I'd rather take Tajay Spears and I'd rather take Eric Gray because those guys, I need running backs. I yeah. don't need, I don't, so he drafts a running back, but I need running backs that pass to playing. And like, yes, Deuce is drafted in the sixth round to Dallas. But everyone forgets that Ronald Jones is on that roster. And it's, I, I think everyone just forgets because he was behind fucking Jarek McKinnon and they don't play the same role. So it's not like he would beat out Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, who a lot of people like and the Chiefs liked. And like Ronald Jones plays nothing like Deuce Vaughn. So Deuce Vaughn isn't going to take Ronald Jones's role, right? Yeah. So I, I think people just forget Ronald Jones is there. So forget Malik Davis is there. And like when we're sitting here, it's like, okay, well, like all Taj like Tajay Spears is a third round pick. And I get he has no fucking ACLs, but like we don't give a fuck they didn't have ACLs now. We'll care about that in two years. But like he's got to beat out Julius Chestnut and Hassan Haskins. Yeah. Like Yeah. And Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears should do that, and Eric Gray is like the only other running back on the roster. I don't even know who else would be there. Well, Matt Breida's back, but again, Matt Breida's like 32. Matt Breida is like a change of pace guy, though. Like, that too. you would rather throw Eric Gray in. Like, Breida's the dude you bring in on like second long and third downs. Yeah. Eric Gray is the dude you keep in on first and seconds. Yep. No, I agree completely. That's uh, I to your Ronald Jones point was something even I'd forgot as I was talking about Deuce Vaughn not being out on the roster because of special teams. He has to beat out Malik Davis for those special teams, and Malik Davis has been playing special teams for three years in the NFL. So that's that's kind of where we're at. Uh, we go to Sharp now at uh, pick eight. And oh God, again, this is a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna go through this to help you out here. Um, so Charbonnet at pick eight. Jonathan Mingo at 12, Mayer and Bigsby early second, Roshan in the sec- mid-second, and then Cedric Tillman in the third and CJ Stroud in the third. God. It's a polarizing draft. It is. Uh, it's very much a symptom of the draft itself and the players there, but I hate, his, I hate Charbonnet at eight, and I hate Mingo at 12. I kind of hate Mayer at two or at the two hundred two, but every pick after that I start to love, and that's just kind of like as we were talking about everything after Kendra Miller feeling the same. So when you draft Jonathan Mingo when he's supposed to go late second, it feels bad. But when you draft Roshan Johnson, who I like and is supposed to go late second, and you draft him for late second, then I, I think for me, like Tank Bigsby makes sense and Roshan Johnson makes sense. And Michael Mayer, I think, makes sense, too. Like, I think those are three, like, I think his second-round picks 
are good. Um, Mingo, I'm not a fan of Mingo at all. So, like, I think that's I, – I don't want to say you're lighting a first-round pick on fire because Jonathan Mingo could turn into something, but I really don't like that. And I, I think Sharp is just, like – I think it is what it is. I don't know who you want to take over that. Uh, I mean, you could take – Anthony Richardson, but then we're flaming you for taking a quarterback at eight. So Yeah, well, you're taking a quarterback at eight, and you already have Trevor Lawrence on the roster, so I'm just not sure how Anthony Richardson helps you. So I get that. I understand the like pushback uh, with Dalton Kincaid, especially when you – him taking Michael Mayer at the 202 looks even better after you like look at his tight end room and realize that he just kind of needs tight end production. Um, Who was after the second round again? Um, then he add, so he does add CJ Stroud later, who said we like. That's kind of the range where I don't care that I have Trevor Lawrence. CJ Stroud could increase in value so much it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Just trade him. Um, and then Cedric Tillman, he needs wide receiver help, but I think Cedric Tillman. I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's a gross B plus, honestly. Yeah, that that's a good. You it's a gross volume based B plus. Yeah, I might go like. B, B minus. Just I, 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 you could probably talk me into B because of the Jonathan Mingo pick. Again, I, I, don't, I, like, don't, I don't like I don't Mingo. like <laughs> I don't like Michael Mayer. I don't like Bigsby at their draft selections. They're just, they're taken around ahead of where they should. And that that's the part that regardless of what, like I rather would have Jaden Reed. I'd rather would have Sam Laporta. I'd rather would have Josh Downs. I'd rather would have uh, Brock Bryce Young. I'd rather would have Roshan. That's just, that's all those that's the problem with that I had with the draft. So I want to go B minus. Uh, let's yeah, see we'll here. Get, we're going to B. You talked me into B. Yeah. Mainly because you lit the 112 on fire. Well, it's okay. Because I, I think actually Jimmy for stepping into the draft with only two picks actually kind of knocked him out of the park given where he was. Uh, so keep in mind, Jimmy comes in with Russell Wilt. Uh, let's just Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, and Mac Jones on his quarterback roster. Uh, he steps up at nine and looks at me in the eye on Zoom and tells me I'm taking Anthony Richardson when I want to take Anthony Richardson, like true asshole. So uh, them him holding his screaming child goes and drafts Anthony Richardson. Um, Tragic. Great, great pick there. I understand. It, it, my perspective. Great pick there. I understand one QB league, pick nine. He is the archetype to where you're going to know quickly if he's good. And if he is good, He's going to be a difference-making fantasy asset, and I don't care that he goes to pick nine there because, like, the Jalen Hurts, the Patrick Mahomes, the guys that are actually being that difference-maker for you now are a bigger difference-maker than they've ever been before in the history of fantasy. Um, and so that's – and especially – he's going to need that. Daniel Jones comes off a career mm-hmm. year last year, um, but it, it makes sense for his roster. Then uh, late third takes Eric Gray has opportunity if Saquon gets hurt. Saquon has a history injury. Just makes 100% sense. He has Saquon, too. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, I think it's a solid A-. minus. I think uh, – I don't, I don't really want to give it, like, any higher than an A-, minus because, like, Anthony Anthony Richardson is really just more of a gamble. Really? Yes. Um, This was just an interesting thought exercise for me during the draft because I was potentially staring down the barrel – not knowing who J-Rob wanted, if Anthony Richardson was there at 10, Anthony Richardson or Lamar Jackson? Um, 
I think I would have rather taken Lamar Jackson because I think you really just kind of hope that Anthony Richardson turns into Lamar Jackson. Yeah, six years um, younger. That point. Um, honestly, I'm I'm gonna drop Jimmy to B plus mainly just because Anthony Richardson's such a weird unknown, and again, yeah. it's a quarterback in the first round. Like, I feel like if you're gonna take a quarterback in the first round, like you almost have to, it, it almost has to be like a guarantee. I don't know how. Like Andrew Luck is like the one Andrew Luck and like Trevor Lawrence are like the one quarterbacks that like I can justify in like the first round because I know they're gonna work. Yep. Um, but even then, like you're talking literally after every like palatable player is gone. Yeah. Which Jimmy did. I think every yep. palatable player outside of probably Kendra Miller and Kincaid. But I mean, it kind of just depends on what you want to do. First round tight end is kind of weird anyways. No, that's, so I'm going to go B plus mainly just because Anthony Richardson is a he is a question mark. It's not like he's Cam Newton, right? Right. No, that's the only uh, only thing I'll add to that is I 100% agree with you. It's just Anthony Richardson above all of the players behind him by such a wide margin that that's why I like feel like you're like all right, you're picking at nine, kind of at this like tier break spot. You're getting the most out of a first-round pick with what you had to deal with in this draft. I think you just made the most out of both his picks. Yeah, um, no, I get that. I, I, I think between him and Dalton Kincaid, it's both like B-plus territory. I think if you take Kendra Miller, I kind of look at you silly, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, why would you take Kendra Miller there? So you know if there, mean? we go on to our next player here, and if there would have been 35 picks in this draft, I would have given J-Rob like, an A minus. Um, the problem is there was 36 picks, and one of them was a tight end at the 201 in Rashi Rice. And so J Rob essentially burning a second round pick, just setting it on fire, throwing it into the abyss. Um, like I, who audited, he took Kincaid. How the fuck does Rashi Rice get playing time over Travis Kelsey? Like that's what I'm trying to figure out. That's um, uh, at, at our X receiver spot where no one lives. <laughs> yeah, no, in all, in all seriousness, um, we can debate uh, Lamar Jackson versus Dalton Kincaid all day. I I don't want to speak to it since I'm like involved directly in the trade. Dalton Kincaid makes so much more sense for J-Rob's roster that I understand. Yeah, I, I think you have to give it the proper context. Now, granted, I think... Look again. I'm gonna say this: we got if J. Rob's if J. Rob's plan is to draft Caleb Williams, like you are hoping he's as good as Lamar Jackson. Like, and Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. I get Lamar Jackson's injury issues. I like. I'm not gonna like deny that. Yeah, I'm not a Lamar Jackson fan, and I and I still thought I still took that. So I guess for whatever that's worth. Yeah. So I for me, like, I still think J. Rob on the surface probably lost the trade, which can't get you an A A plus, right? Because if you really think about it, like rookie tight, again, it all makes sense for J-Rob. All of it makes sense. But just the fact of the matter is, is 90% of the time when you're a rookie tight end and you're drafted like really high in a rookie fantasy draft, you probably can't trade them for that same pick again. You see, he's like the tight end six in Dynasty right now. Well, that's the thing is like, like, here's the thing. Like, Kincaid is like Kincaid. Like, what does Dalton Kincaid have to do 
to maintain that, right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of the thing. Like, if Dalton Kincaid, like, gets hurt and misses, like, a quarter of the season and then puts up, like, 600 yards and four touchdowns, like, it'll be good and fine and everything, but he'll have an injury concern due to his previous injury concerns. It'll just be a thing where it's like, oh, well, suddenly he's not worth the 110. Why wouldn't you just get Brock Bowers? Because, Brock, again, it's just kind of the way that it goes. One thing I want to add to that, too, um, it's interesting about the Buffalo landing spot. Because right now I see, like, oh, my God, he's going to Buffalo. Uh, slot. He could play slot in Buffalo. Bump, 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 bump. Um, which I think is really interesting. From last offseason, if you remember in, uh, like, mid-August, um, after the first week of the season, when uh, Gabe Davis comes out and explodes, you already had. And I remember, I had Gabe Davis and sold him after the four uh, four touchdown Kansas City game. Um, yep. We see this like Buffalo offense. I remember uh, Matt Harmon from Yahoo Sports actually uh, said one thing that like resonated with me. It was like, why do we assume that like there being no competition being a good thing for Gabe Davis? Why isn't it just more for Stephon Diggs? Which it ends up being more for Stephon Diggs, basically. Um, that same logic here getting applied to Kincaid, which I understand. I understand everything about the slot. I've already said on here. I could easily, if he steps in the slot, gets plays the Cole Beasley role, he's like locked and loaded as a top like tight end. Just yeah, he's like a top five tight end. I I looked at the stats. If he literally had like Gabe Davis's production from this year. He's like a top eight tight end. Yeah. And he's not a rookie, like a top five tight end. You do that as a rookie, you're probably passing Kyle Pitts if he underwhelms next year. Like it's just, you're. Yeah, probably. Um, so I, to skip ahead here on J Rob, uh, I don't even want to talk to Rashi Rice. He's a fucking, uh, just chode. Um, I, Ra- Rashi Rice to me. Okay. Again, this just goes back to. He's just drafting the wide receiver on the Chiefs, and like somebody has to catch balls, and maybe somebody other than Travis Kelsey has to theoretically catch a football. I, I know you think it's Sky Moore. I'm I just saying it, it is Sky Moore. Okay, it's Sky Moore, it's Kadarius Tony, it's whoever. Somebody is going to like somebody like Juju was like actually like a viable fantasy receiver. Like, yeah, he had like 900 season. yards. Yeah, so like somebody actually has to like fill that void, and who knows who it is, and like I don't know, maybe again, you you say it's Sky Moore. Some people might say it's Rashi Rice. Some people say Kadarius Tony. Some people say fucking I don't know Joey Fortston. I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, Andy Reid says that. So uh, again, like I, the vision works, right? If Rashi Rice like ends up going for a thousand yards as a rookie, then like it's a slam dunk pick and he could sell them for goddamn anyone yes nope 100 agree now i will say and i've already i actually pointed this out whilst we were going through the picks because i love this um i'm not sure what this is worth but he knocks his three third round picks i thought out of the park for where they're at i don't love zach evans but a lot of people like him and most importantly if a lot of people like him if he does anything he's going to all of a sudden just skyrocket from his third round adp value whatever um all three of his players have a path to immediate flippability, which fits J-Rob immediately. Um, I love that part. But when you have two high picks and you don't use them, quote, optimally, I can't give you a high grade. I got to go to like C plus, B minus on this. 
Yeah, see, I think that's where we're a little different. I, I really like what he did on his thirds. Again, I I think Kincaid, I, I think you have to like grade him with context, if that makes sense. Make that Gabe Vincent bang. Never mind. Um, I I think you have to at least operate with some context, right? I I think I think Rice and I think Kincaid are more longer term assets. And I think that his thirds are more flippable assets, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I, and again, J. Rob is very much trying to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Like that's the it's an open secret. So I I I think you have to grade him with a little bit of context. I think he probably got as much as he could for Lamar Jackson in the way that this league operates. Yeah, I think it's just a hard sell to trade Lamar Jackson for a rookie tight end. I, I think that's kind of the big thing. Um, so that's going to drop me down with him to like a B. I want to go somewhere between a B and a B. There's nothing between a B and a B plus. I'm going to go lo- the lowest B plus you can get. I think because I really do think the context is key. And I really think that like what he did in context makes sense. I, I agree with that part a hundred percent. And I mean, part of my reason for hating Rashi Rice is the like, okay, like I expect Sky Moore to, you know, be incorporated, coming from Western Michigan, learn the offense, blah, blah, blah. Same is going to apply to Rashi Rice. The difference in my mindset is where I don't think the mindset should just stop at Rashi Rice as a future asset. So he's just going to take some time. You know I, just wanted- I don't even like Rashi Rice like that. I don't know why I'm trying to defend J Rob. Give him a B. Well, like I just want to trade for Rashi Rice in a year if you want him. Like that's well, that that is one thing I will say. I think that J Rob drafted two future assets. I think he drafted two future assets that are going to be worth less than they probably are right now. Yes, next year. Yep, I agree. Yeah, Let's, but uh, they yeah. might be worth more than they are right now in two years. Yes. Yep. Which is when he's trying to contend. So I don't know. So we're gonna differ on uh, Land's draft here. Um, basically just because how we feel of Jalen Hyatt. Uh, he goes Jalen Hyatt late second, then goes Tajay and Tank Dell in the third round. Uh, Tank Dell being a late third rounder, second to last pick. I love the third round picks. T- Tajay Spears is almost a round behind ADP at that point. Um, so like I've already talked about all three players should be able to produce this year. You should have a pretty good idea what they are. Tank Dell at the late third is a fucking steal. I just hate the prospect of Jalen Hyatt. I I don't know what else you do. I understand that part immediately. I'd rather just kind of take a running back and pray they get the playing time. Um, but I just hate I hate the Jalen Hyatt selection. So I, I am team running back late rounds. Um, I think Spears is a slam dunk. I don't really... I, I'm not a Dell guy personally, and I think that's just because I'm scarred by Rondo Moore. I'm just really not like I just I, I don't see it, I guess is kind of what I'm saying. And I like Hyatt more than you, obviously. I, I again I think he picked guys that have chances to be flipped, right? And I think yep. that's pretty good, especially where they were where he got them. So, I mean, I'm going to give him, like, a B, right? Like, B, borderline on a B plus, I think. Because, again, I, I like Hyatt a little bit more than you. But I, I think, really, when I sit down and look at it, like, him and J-Dub's drafts are very similar in the sense that, hey, I kind of like, like, what he did in the third round. 
And with J-Rob, it's like, I kind of like what he did with his early picks, but I got to deduct him for the trade just because, like, of the value, like, loss. That I, the that, what I think is kind of not a value loss. I think the value is about the same, but like the production loss. And again, J Rob's trying to lose production. So it, it feels weird grading him on the same scale as everyone else. Yeah. But with Land, like, I really like what he did in the late second with Hyatt. So I give him a B. I think they're both about a B. I think J Rob's is closer to a B plus than Land's, though. Well, and I mean, Jacob not only taking players that have flip ability, but Jacob has a very competitive team for this year that's aging and is ready to compete now, um, but maybe has a shorter window. All three of these players have a chance, if injuries, whatever, to hopefully, maybe at some point, be able yeah, to help produce. Be split, but maybe produce now. Uh, Tank Dell might be able to, I mean, shit, Tank Dell on that receipt. Part of the reason I wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba to go to Houston. Tank Dell could step in day one as their slot receiver, right? Like right yeah. now. Um, Tetuan is who's next. <laughs> it's just auto drafting Will Levis at the 310. Uh, Tetuan, like you said, does this every year, grabs quarterback late third. Um, sure. I don't know. Like a C. I mean, Will Levis has got. I, I, I think it's just a C because, like, I don't hate. I don't hate the idea of Will Levis, if that makes sense. I, I don't even hate the idea. Of taking a quarterback late third round. No, I don't either. I again, I you have the like path to turn a third round pick into a second rounder if he works. Like it's just, um, but I I think with like quarterbacks again, this is kind of tough because Will Levis is an early second quarterback, not like a late first guy. I think if it's a late first, it's a little bit different. But I, I think if you are, like, trying to, like, actually turn your third-round pick into something valuable, I think, like, taking a quarterback is probably, like, the most likely way that that turns into something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's more likely that C.J. Stroud turns into something than literally any of the players around him. Yeah. No, 100%. Because he's the second overall pick. And, again, it's a little bit different for Will Levis. But, I mean, it's a C. Like, if it doesn't work out, who cares? He is Joe Burrow. And if it does work out great, he can trade him after one year. So we go to our last player here, our defending champion, who hopefully should be receiving a uh, surprise, a prize of such here soon. Belt. But he's also going to be the first A-plus that I hand out today. Um, I know Sam's not really going to love Josh Downs. Um I don't like Josh Downs like that, but, I mean, he got him, like, late second. Yeah, uh, 208, right right ahead of you taking Izzy Banacanda and me at Marvin Mims. I would have taken Josh Downs early second. I would have taken Sam Laporta early second. You take both of them mid mid to late second. Uh, It feels like you got value on both picks. And, like, Sam, I don't want to just oversimplify it, but, I mean, Jesus Christ, Sam Laporta's an Iowa tight end playing with Dan Campbell. Like, could they really like a better match made in heaven for something to just like go in there and produce? He's going to go in there and hopefully take over all of the TJ Hawkinson role that was vacated. I did see a funny tweet from me and Hardest today, not to derail us. Um, like, you know, if you told me that Detroit uh, came into this year having only replaced directly DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson with 
a younger tight end and a younger running back that do the exact same things, I probably wouldn't have been as excited as I thought I might be. Um, and technically lost Jameson Williams to uh, suspension, but here we are. Uh, but I, I know I talked some crap on Josh Downs' the ceiling um, earlier. I do think, though, as far as the floor with the slot role, there's no other receivers of note in Indy besides Michael Pittman. Um, so that is he, correct. He can immediately step at least into that number two role. Michael Pittman dictate, co- dictates coverage. You take everything underneath. Um, maybe become this like half-point PPR, high-floor, low-ceiling option, which, again... Even if you do that, if you do that immediately, if Josh Downs comes out, I mean, you remember Jalen Phillips, like, or uh, I think it was Jalen Phillips, the Tennessee slot receiver who, like, oh, had a, Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips, thank you, who came in and just, like, occupied, like, the easiest role in football, caught a bunch of passes really quickly, and people loved him because he had, uh, and, like, yeah, dude, that guy was, like, going for a second round pick for, like, two weeks. Yeah, so Josh Downs already starting point of the second round pick. There's a potential you have the flippability of a uh, Josh Downs at a second for a first, just immediately if he's producing. And Sam Laporta, we've already talked about. I I think given what he came into the draft with, I love this draft. I don't think he had the opportunity to add high end players, but he knocked he knocks out his second knocks his second rounders out of the park. I think for me, um, God, this is gonna be such a nitpick. I think Laporta is like more of a like oh what's the word Blocking a luxury right type pick if that uh, makes sense because it's more like because Drew's roster is like good and ready to compete now and all that crap and all those like shenanigans. Um, I I think I give it an A. I don't want to give it an A plus because like I don't like Josh Downs like that, and I think Laporta two hundred four is I think is where he went. I personally think that's a bit of a reach, especially for a rookie tight end. I uh, look, I get it, like genuinely, I do, and like I'm gonna look like in it. I drafted Sam Laporta in like my other draft. I like Laporta. I just think that like again, I I, I like both. The, I I like Sam Laporta. I don't like where he was drafted, and I don't like Josh Downs that much, but I like where he was drafted. Yeah. I think he just rounds to an A because I, th- I, I, I think it just rounds to an A. But I do think he took players that I love. I, I, I think he took the players that I would have taken in those situations. To, like again, it's it's an A. To defend the early tight end pick as well, his tight end core is Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, and Kate Auden. So not exactly the cream of the crop there. No, it's not a cream of the crop deal or anything. I, again, I think it's very. Tight ends just generally don't produce a lot as rookies. And I think if you're taking a guy in the top, like, 16, you kind of want guys who project to produce as rookies, if that makes sense. No, I agree. Now, granted, I might be dumb, and uh, Laporta might literally go out there and put up, like, fucking... 800 yards and six touchdowns and be like a top five tight end. Andrew looks like a fucking genius. And I look, well, I look like a genius too. Cause I fucking took him in my other dynasty league. Now, um, per- again, per- perfect example of your, uh, thinking is like, I, I had enough conviction and, uh, belief in sky Moore when I took him last year, I believe he was a better long-term asset just given where he was coming from and all that. But, all that being said, I wasn't really uber surprised by anything year one. Uh, 
but like his value still craters and I could have I used the 110 to draft him and I could have just got him with a second round pick at any point this season. Well, and that's kind of what I think. That's the part that like concerns me with someone like Laporta is he'll probably I I think the worst thing that could happen to him, right? Is he'll probably start out like pretty good for the first six games because Jameson Williams will be there. And then he'll probably just have a combo of Jameson Williams being back and the rookie wall to where like he's just, his production is just going to suffer. It, it, it'll, it'll look a lot like Dulcich this year, right? Where like Dulcich looked really good and then he kind of tailed off towards the end. And so yeah. I think what will happen is they'll have these like really good six games and will tail off at the end of the season whatever, and maybe have some spot good games. And people would just be like, oh, well, he was only good because Jameson Williams wasn't there. Yep. But in all reality, he probably was just good. He just hit the rookie wall after about you know right. a third of the season. Th- then you have an unproductive tight end with a bunch of question marks following down the rankings going into next year's draft season. And that's what I'm saying is it's like, oh, you probably could just get San Laporta for like your late second. And so, it, but like you paid the 204 for it. Again, look, San Laporta, I like. Um, we'll see what happens with them. I again, I think this is a rubber stamp A grade. Like, yes, A plus. did a good job. I mean, Gavin says A plus. I say A. I honestly have a hard time. And again, Drew, if you're listening to this, I really just have a hard time giving A pluses when we're not getting like a high end talent. Like that's the really, really the reason why Gavin's is an A plus. And yours is an A is because he got Jameer Gibbs and Lamar Jackson, and you got Sam Laporta and Josh Downs. And I can't give an A plus for Sam Laporta and Josh Downs. Yep, you suck, Drew. Says the two guys with zero titles. You know what, Drew? Go fuck yourself with with your title, but. All right. Well, I don't know what the score of the game is. I think Miami's up like fifty-six to fifty, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to go watch the second half of this game. Gavin, what are you going to do the rest of your night? Uh, I am going to organize what's left of my apartment with my new couches. That's right. Let's go. Uh, I'm going to water the uh, the newly planted grass. Uh, two weeks old now. It's just starting to sprout up. I'm a farmer. Uh, and I'm going to take the dog for a walk. Probably call the girlfriend and get asked where I was for the last hour and a half. Um, oh, she doesn't know about the pod yet. No, she knows about the pod, but uh, I got a text like four minutes into the podcast asking where I was. Um, so I, I think the uh, general understanding that I would be gone for this long was what was missing. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Well, I tell you what, I was gonna say something witty and fun, and I oh, I remember what it was. My uh, my coworker. This is this is just from me to you, and for all my uh, all of our listeners to be jealous. My coworker who enjoys barbecuing just got a house, and it comes with a pool. And he says, anytime I want to swim, all I got to do is bring over like meat that he can grill. So not only do I get to use his pool, all I have to do is buy the meat, which he'll grill and then make for me. Wow. No, it, it's a great deal. He just loves the grill. I'm like, ah, yeah, let's fucking do this. So let's fucking go. All right. Go. Thank you to everyone for listening today, especially those of you who participated in the League of Ordinary Gentlemen draft. Gavin is eating a brownie. 
pot. Best of luck this year, guys. Best of luck to everyone. If you were listening and you enjoyed this content, please consider giving us a follow on Twitter at underscore underscore F3S. That's underscore underscore F3S. And if you hated it, tell us you hated it by sending us a DM or a text message saying, you dumbasses don't know how to do content. Do this instead because we don't do baseball and it's about to be only baseball. So if you want to come on to the show, contact us. If you want to talk about anything else, let us know. We're dying for segments. Please help us. And again, a warm thank you to everyone who stuck through this. Good luck this year, gentlemen. And fuck you, Beans. Peace out, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you later.